Welcome to the Life Atelier podcast. I'm your host, Emma Lavelle. And today we're going to talk about limiting beliefs. And I'm going to take you through how I resolved one of my, the biggest, the biggest limiting belief that I've had, that I have struggled with over time. And I'm going into this in a lot more detail in the Life Atelier Library. There are four lessons and different exercises for you to do in each of them. So if you're interested in learning about the Life Atelier Library, feel free to message me or have a look on my website. But yes, the limiting belief that I struggled with enormously was that I don't have enough time. And I repeated this so often it was, <laughs> I can't even begin to describe to you how much it was affecting my life. I was working seven days a week. I was, I really, it was affecting my relationship very badly. My my partner at the time used to get very, very snappy. And he, even he would say, you know, I, I know you don't have enough time, but do you think you could, uh, you know, meet my friends on Friday, for example, or can you come for an hour? And and I used to feel enormously resentful. And the, the voice that I would have in my head was, why don't you know that I'm busy? Don't you know how busy I am? I'm so busy. So I was not sleeping very well because obviously there is 24 hours in a day. And so me trying to build my business whilst working full-time as an English teacher, working seven days a week, it meant that all I could do was steal time from my sleep. So I've spoken about this many times, but for a while I was getting up at 5am and trying to do the extra bits of work in the morning. And (laughs) I ended up creating crazy amounts of content. I was just endlessly putting things out there. I was writing personalized lessons for each and every student. I was then making ebooks, writing emails, just creating, creating, creating. And and it was, you know, some of it was good probably, but a lot of it was very waffly. And it was also repetitive. I remember finding one day that I'd already made an annual business plan and then I'd just put it somewhere in my computer and hadn't seen it again. So when, I talk about this a lot, but when we don't sleep enough, it's the same impact on our body as consuming alcohol. So if you imagine having, you know, a bottle of, a lovely bottle of Sauvignon Blanc and then... (laughs) (laughs) drinking that and then writing your business plan (laughs) you know it's it's madness why you wouldn't do it and yet most of us are doing this with sleep so we're in this cycle of not sleeping enough then taking three to four times as long if we're lucky maybe longer to do the tasks that we need to do in our day doing them in a substandard way, which then means we have to do more work, never stopping to reset and just check in with where we are, just continuously doing, 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 doing. And of course, that then affects our relationships, affects our health, and it affects what we're actually building, what we're actually creating. So this isn't just to tell you, I had a horrible time. And if you're having a horrible time too, sorry. 
no, I have fixed this and I am now, um, yeah, I feel like a wise old woman <laughs> to say, you don't need to do that. You don't need to be really stressed out. I want to tell you that it did take me more than a year from starting to realize what was going on to being at the point where now I work four hours a day? Yeah, about four hours a day, and that's with calls. And that, for me, is amazing. That means I'm creative, I'm focused, I'm able to work on my house, I'm able to you know, read, to do all of the things that give me inspiration and make me a better coach. But from realizing that I needed to do something about the way that I was living and the way that I was working, to get into this point, yeah, it's been probably more than a year. So the first thing that happened was that I realized that there was a problem and what the problem was. And I started to look at, no, in fact, before that, I started, I've had three coaches that have impacted me with this. The first was a coach where we were working on money mindset, but actually it was when we were doing work on lack mentality. And I realized that I had enormous scarcity around time and this panicky belief that there wasn't enough time. So I started with creating an affirmation, which was, I have plenty of time. And I would repeat this and shout it to myself, even when I was <laughs> almost hyperventilating. I've talked about this before, but there was a moment where I had two kittens that I'd rescued um, in the village where I was living in Spain. And I had them on the side of the, they were in the passenger seat and I was driving them to a vet that was about an hour away, 10 o'clock at night. And knowing that I had students the next day, I had work to do, I had course material to prepare and I was gripping the steering wheel saying, I have plenty of time, I have plenty of time. And these kittens must've been thinking, what is going on? So I started with this affirmation and I didn't believe it, but I just started saying it and it just started to kind of kick something off in my brain. The second one was a coach called Rachel Rogers and she was talking about how she used to rush everything and her husband said to her, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I started to use that phrase. So if I could feel myself going into, I call it my Taz mode. So I have kind of two spirit animals and <laughs> the first one is a swan, which is what my high school uh, my form tutor said to me, she said, Emma is like a swan. On the surface, she looks very calm and like she's gliding, but underneath she's frantically paddling. And at the time I thought that was wonderful. And now I think, my God, she knew, <laughs> she knew. So I feel like, you know, there's this serene swan on top. And then the shadow side of that is this Taz and Taz starts to speed up. And once Taz gets going, it's very hard for me to, um, interrupt that. So this idea of slow is smooth and smooth is fast, that really struck a chord with me and I started to think about, okay, I can be faster by being slower, okay? And that was the second thing that really got in there. And then the third coach who influenced me enormously was the wonderful, she was my mentor when I was training, Renee Washington. And she said to me, you have all the time you need 
to do the things you want. And when she said that to me, I realized that it was true. You know, I was actually spending probably 8% of my day doing things I didn't want to do. Now, we still have to do some things we don't want to do. Just, you know, it's the, how can I say, it's the, the entry fee for being in society. So do I enjoy doing my taxes? Not massively. I do derive a certain satisfaction from getting them done now. You'll be pleased to know my UK tax one from 2014 is almost finished now. <laughs> but actually, when I realise, and when I understand that I have the time that I need to do what I want, it shifts how I'm prioritising things and what I'm allowing into my day and what I'm allowing into my schedule. So those were the first kind of droplets that planted the seed that I could have more time and I could create time. The second step was identifying where did this belief come from? Why do I believe that I don't have time? There's not enough time. And as always, I started to look back. So we can often, you know, coaching is about rewriting what we think is possible for ourselves. It's about creating the future that we want, but it's very useful also to look back. And I had very busy parents when I was a child. They were always very, very busy. So I realized that I'd picked up on this idea that busy is good. And when you're busy, it means that you're useful, you're valuable, and you know, you're contributing to society. The second place was this identity I'd created for myself of being busy because my late teens to early 20s were, I would say, quite chaotic and quite messy. I started and dropped out of five, at least five degrees. <laughs> you know, I ended up working as a waitress when I, I hated it and I didn't want to be doing that. So at that time, I had this identity that I was a mess and I was a loser because I hadn't managed to finish anything. So then I swung completely the other way that if I was busy, it meant that I wasn't a loser and I hadn't lost control of what I wanted to be doing. But that was equally unhealthy. Neither of those identities was very useful for me. A more useful identity for me to have is, you know what, I'm someone that is able to learn from my mistakes. And I make mistakes, but I learn from them and all my experiences are valuable. And actually, all those years as a waitress made me an amazing teacher. They made me confident talking to different people. They made me very good at making people feel comfortable at working with different cultures. They made me feel comfortable training people, you know, and all jobs feel easy after working in a 240 cover restaurant on a Saturday night. So it was valuable, but I had to look at what my identity was and what did I want it to become. Okay, now the other thing I realized was that my busyness, and this might be the same for you, it was helping me to avoid facing difficult questions in my life. When you're busy, you can't address the fact of, are you actually happy in your relationship? Do you like your job? You know, do you want to make big decisions like having children or not? And my personality, my, my, the way that I am, is usually quite avoidant of those things, of those questions. I'm very happy. I don't like problems. I don't like pain. <laughs> and, and lots of those questions throw up the potential for pain. So busyness protected me from asking those questions. So the busyness helped me to make up for things that I saw as failures 
it helped me to avoid difficult decisions. So now that I'd identified it, the next thing was, okay, let's change this. Let's rewrite my identity. So I started by looking for evidence of people who were doing less than me. And I found books like Essentialism, um, Do Less by Kate Northrup. I found, I even found a podcast of a woman on, uh, I think it was on the Claire Pell's podcast, the Get Paid podcast, who worked three days a week, not four days a week, three days a week. And I started to gather all of this evidence of people doing less and succeeding. And I used that evidence to start to rewrite my identity. So I realized that I can prioritize ruthlessly. I just need to learn the skills to do that. I started to ask myself, how could I make this easier? Everything that I was doing, how could I make this easier? I stopped accepting panic. I did not allow the Taz bit of me to start to gather speed. Okay, so this is where the affirmations came in handy. So if I started to notice my habits of creating these very long to-do lists, I was able to see, oh, this is my old pattern. I'm not going to do this. What I'm going to do is instead go get a cup of tea, stop, reset, do a thought download, write at the top of a piece of paper, result equals, and then pick three action steps to take. And all I need to do is the next one. So I really started to take control and refuse to accept the panickiness, the busy, busy, busy that started to happen. And another way I did this was I took, um, I put time limits around my day. So I started to prioritize getting three hours <laughs> and I had to have no more than three hours for deep work and to work on my business. And the rest of that time had to have eight hours for sleep. And that's something that was another battle. Um, but I think I'm winning. I think I'm winning the sleep battle at the moment. But putting those time limits around how I could do things really heightened my awareness of how long things actually took. And it helped me to reinforce this identity of someone who prioritizes, someone who doesn't do drama, someone who knows what they need to do next. But it did take, as I said, it took more than a year. So if you're working on your limiting belief, a specific limiting belief at the moment, give yourself time, give yourself space, gather the tools that you need to attack it. And of course, if you would like some help with that, you can join us in the Life Atelier and I've got the workshop. We'll be going live today. I'm recording this on Monday, the 31st of January. And I'm very excited because I'm going to be adding little eBooks for each workshop as well, which kind of fits with this idea of making things beautiful. So have a beautiful week and I'll see you next week.